Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. here it's february 18th and colorado has successfully survived a little less than a week's worth of hours without a head coach um kind of survived we've lost one (laughs) well in that same vein i guess we've technically gained one with interim head coach either way uh this is at the buzzer your colorado podcast trying to guide you through this next crucial week of CU Athletics. Um, and I said CU Athletics because it's not just football. Um, I'm Jack Barsh, one of your co-hosts, and the other one over there is Sam Ativier. Hello. Sam, how's the mood in, in Boulder? Um, uh, well, I'm not really on campus ever, so I can't really say about that. I can't really say much for the general mood because – Everybody I see is just so happy to be getting coffee from me because that's all I've been doing is working. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess you bring people joy. So you're, you're a little less um, – you're not a reliable witness. Yeah. My, my uncle is pissed. He's a, he's a big CU fan. Shout out to Uncle Steve. Shout out to Uncle – hey, everyone, just <laughs> give a quick shout out to Uncle Steve. <laughs> Everyone's got to love him. You know – uh, in case you've been living under a very large rock and the only place to give CU Athletic news is this podcast, but the only time you listen to this podcast, this episode, um, here's the update. Mel Tucker has left the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, he's gone to his mistress up north, Michigan State, and in his wake, he's leaving quite a mess. Mm. What, what is that mess exactly? Well, uh, as of this week, CU lost their offensive line coach also to Michigan State. Their um, offensive coordinator also to Michigan State. Uh, thankfully, no recruits have, have jumped ship yet, but um, I'm assuming at least some are imminent. Those and, names, by the way, Jay Johnson was the offensive coordinator. 
Mm-hmm. And Chris uh, Kapilovich is mm-hmm. the offensive line coach. And we're really going to miss Kapilovich, which we can talk about later. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Um, and as bad as Michigan State's um, situation was, looking for a head coach as late as they did, uh, well, guess what? Sears is even later. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a lot of rumors flying around about where the athletic director is going to interview, who they're interviewing. Lots, the only of, thing, lots of uninspiring names that I'm really upset that I have to be reading about. Oh, yeah. Um, and we can also get to those in a second. Mainly, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, the thing to take away from this week is Rick George and Lance Carl, keep a tight ship. Um, there's not going to be any official leaks or um, information coming out until we're near the home stretch. I mean, I remember when the McIntyre news got leaked last year. There was like a whole like fire drill going on at the athletic department as someone leaked it and they were really pissed. Yep. Yep. They hate that. They hate when stuff gets leaked. <clears throat> and and while Mel Tucker that news got leaked on the Georgia side. Yes. And that also was very late in the process. It's not like we mm-hmm. knew that even that they interviewed Mel Tucker until the basically the SEC championship game. I mean, it was the day after I wrote about Mel Tucker as a dark horse contender, so you know? So we're just geniuses, is what you're saying. Personally, I am. I don't know about you, but yes. Um, so, so luckily, I'm just really happy that all the recruits have kind of rallied uh, around CU. They've like said, like it's not just the coach we committed to; it's the program, it's the city, it's to each other. Um, and so, I'm really happy with that. It seems like they're like they're quite bonded for not really knowing each other. I assume. And then, of course, the Darren Shiverini being promoted to interim head coach. That's a huge, huge deal for recruiting. Yeah, he is obviously the, the emotional leader of this coaching staff and the Colorado program. Um, and while he may not get the head job, he might uh, – I mean, he's interviewing for it. Yeah, he's one of the top contenders we've heard. He is presumably one of the um, – yeah, one of the few candidates they're going to interview. Um, I guess it's a nice segue to some of the other ones that we know are being interviewed. Sam, I want instant reactions, literally instant reactions <laughs> to the names I'm throwing out in front of you. Um, so some of the ones that we can confirm, if you want the most up-to-date information, please go subscribe to Adam Monster Tiger at 247 Sports. He is doing God's work. Um, he always does. He's the, he's the best in CU media. Yeah. He is a complete professional. Yeah, um, a nice guy. You know, on on that vein, we have we have a few public information. We well, let's just say who we know at least got a contact um, from the CFI department. Eric Bieniemy. Okay, I mean, like that's not going to happen. We've already talked about this. Okay, Darren Shiverini. Um. I'm, I have questions about Shiverini is that I really want there to be an emotional leader who can like really focus on recruiting and just kind of be the, the, you know, the heart and soul of the program and have his kind of his coordinators do the football strategy stuff. But it's really late to go get those coordinators. I don't know if Shiverini would take a backseat to it. And like this experiment didn't necessarily work with John Embry. So. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind there is he uh, he does not necessarily have a lot of connections with staff outside of his current Colorado staff. So 
Um, it's not like he can pull some strings. And, and I mean, like he has connections to Graham Harrell, but Graham Harrell's the offense coordinator yeah. at USC, so she's not he's not going to leave for anything other than a head coaching job. Yes, exactly. Um, and the other one of the other confirmed names, uh, Brett Bielema. I really don't want that big boy, <laughs> that big sweaty hog man. <laughs> oh man, here. Uh... <laughs> also, I would only refer to him as Bert Bielema. I don't Bert think Bert by Lima. He's more of a Bert than a Bart than a Brett. Sorry. I was talking with my friend last night and um, I said, I'm going to say something to you. I said to him, if I would honestly root for Brett Bielema to get the job over some of the other names that have been mentioned, um, like for instance, Jim McElwain. Um, oh, because... no. oh, no, 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 no. Don't, on, don't, just, just, don't just stop with McElwain. I just, please God. We cannot have Jim McElwain as the Colorado head football coach. I'm going to stop watching football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that happens, I can't. I can't. So what I was telling my friend is I would much rather have Brett Bielema than Jim McElwain because on the 0.01% chance that uh, Brett Bielema is successful and he wins nine games, that – um. The meme of that, just the pure joy that that would give me is worth the 99% or whatever unsuccess rate compared mm. to um, Jim McElwain. So, so I have a question for you because you would know more than me. Um, so Brett Bailima left Wisconsin and they got better after he left with Paul Christ as, offense, as head coach. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Arkansas and they kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. How much... Would you credit him for Wisconsin versus Zero. Paul Chris? So it's Paul Chris as the architect. He was the offensive coordinator during those good days. I mean, you can say Paul Chris is the architect. Barry Alvarez is the architect and has oh, I mean, been for 30 yes, years. Yes, yes, Barry Alvarez that, is that the program, The main thing you do as a head coach for that program is get out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Like this formula for success is already so ingrained in the entire athletic department and Barry Alvarez. All you have to do is follow that and not do anything else. So I think Brett Bielema did that fine, especially with Paul Grizzle off as a coordinator. I give him almost zero credit for any success that happened there. He then – his boss started to hate him. He was complaining about the salaries he could offer assistant coaches. He was complaining about the emission standards. So he goes to Arkansas where he gets those two things that he's complaining about, and he does worse, way worse. So – yeah, and now Arkansas, they just fired Chad Moore after a season and a half because they are, like, really down in the dumps. Yep. That's a mess down there. Uh, I mentioned him a little bit. Jim McElwain. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> no one – CU fans should, like – when Tennessee was about to hire um, – what's his name? The, the, Greg the, Schiano. Yeah, Greg Schiano, the, the cop. Um. Tennessee was about to hire Greg Schiano, and uh, Tennessee fans literally like rioted, basically, and they threw such a fit that Tennessee backed out of that contract and hired uh, whoever they hired, Jeremy Pruitt. But there's other. Yeah. I mean, there's other crazy drama in that search. But it, yes, either way, yes, yes, yes. I was leaving Jim- out uh, the uh, the excuse. Tennessee fans really just didn't want him because of, of football reasons. And Whatever. the other part is yes. the athletic director tried to hire Mike Leach, successfully did, oh, yeah. and then uh, got fired before he could turn that contract in. So, oh, I didn't actually know that. Yep. 
And it, then, it's a wild time. I forgot Mike Leach went to Mississippi State this offseason. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, the Pac-12 lost Mel Tucker and Mike Leach. Two of the brightest stars. And, uh, and Chris Peterson. And Chris Peterson. And uh, um, Chris still at USC. <laughs> so let's keep – let's – hold on. Let's see. We're on Jim McElwain. Um, let's do a few more names that have been mentioned. Justin Wilcox. Uh, I guess. Okay. I guess. Hmm. Okay. I and then let's see. One more name. And that, that, that's the yeah. Cal. That's he's from California, by the way. He's he California's was, current head coach. Yeah. One more name that a bunch of people are ma- mentioning. He's getting some traction within the CU fan base. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. I really don't want Steve Sarkeesian. He, I mean, I don't know what his substance abuse issues are now, but I know it was a huge problem at Washington, and it was a huge problem USC ignored, and then it became a massive problem. And he kind of tanked USC during his uh, tenure there. Um yeah, I don't know. I, how do you feel about Steve Sarkeesian? I think of those names, he's probably in my top three, which That's I don't like not him particularly. Yeah, I don't like him that much. So I, I don't think – you know, you see he's not picking from the top brass here. I mean, um, what, happened, what happened to all those exciting um, coordinators? We just there. There has been no reports about any connections to Andy Avalos or Alex Grinch or um, Graham Harrell. There, there just hasn't been any. And frankly, that doesn't really mean anything this early on, too. Because yeah. like I, like we said, Rick George and Lance Carl runs a tight ship, so it's possible that they have interviewed those or talked to those coaches. I also I wouldn't mind um, like taking their time with like Shiv as like the interim for a little while, even if that takes us to next season, I wouldn't mind if it opens the door for other candidates. The only way I can get behind Shiverini is if you don't give him an interim tag for a year. I think I get, I can get behind Shiverini. If you're saying we're going to give you experienced coordinators, we're going to give you a bunch of money for assistance, go hire recruiters. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. That's what I want. I just don't think you can do that for a one-year trial run. Oh, no, I wasn't – okay. I guess I was thinking, like, just this year would be an in-between year, but I think it's also a bad idea. Also, I'm watching basketball highlights, and is Caleb Swanigan back on Purdue? There's this big old – Yeah, there's a number there. 50 guy. Number yeah. 50. <laughs> yeah. He looks okay. exactly like him. <laughs> Matt Painter has his type. God. With Isaac Haas and the other seven-foot-two side. Matt Harms. Team. Matt Harms and Isaac Haas, yes. Sorry. Anyway, um – Back to the CU coaching. Well, coach. give me your top three. Actually, sorry. Before you do that, I'll give mm-hmm. you my top three. Yeah. Um, assuming it's not a complete moonshot, even though it is. My number one is obviously Justin Wilcox. If CU can poach that name from a current Pac-12 rival, quote unquote, um, that is a double win. I mean, also for context, he's done a pretty good job at Cal, taking over from Sonny Dykes. He wins ten and, games uh, next year if Chase Garbage doesn't get hurt, or last year, I should say. Yeah. Like that's a good team. His defense he has like a is good blueprint. Filthy. Yeah. It is gross. And you put him with the talent that CU's acquired on the defensive side of the ball next year, and he could probably get to a bowl. Yeah. Um, um also um he also apparently has been complaining about like um uh, like the budget for Cal is like on the fritz and they uh they're like doing some financial cutbacks. 
and the the football program is probably still going to get more cutbacks. So I mean, yeah, they, they don't have much money there. You know, athletics. I there have been mentions that CU. Uh, I shouldn't say there have been mentions. It was mentioned by Football Scoop, who has famously not liked CU since the McIntyre thing in 2016. Uh, it has been mentioned that CU would pay him less than Cal's currently paying him, and that is absolutely not true. Um, the reason that Mel Tucker got paid less than Justin Wilcox is because CU could – why would CU give Mel Tucker more money than they needed to? Right? Yeah, Tuck, I mean, Tucker was the uh, – he had never been a head coach of a college football team. He was like um, – he was the cheap option, I guess, of who of the finalists they were looking at. Well, that's not why they hired him. It I know, just happened I know, I know. to be that way. I know. Um, and yeah, and it sucks that CU couldn't match Michigan State's offer. But here we couldn't, are. Couldn't well, it, it sucks, and also I kind of would have been upset if CU came back and said, "Look, we gave him five and a half million a year, mortgage our financial future." Either way, um, mm-hmm. that's my number one. I don't think it'll happen. My number two. Oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> at this point of the names that have been connected to this job. Of the seeing, names that have been connected to the job, I have no number two. I have Wilcox and Shiverini, and I don't even know if Shiverini really counts. Assuming that Biennemi did in fact say no or has or yes. will plan on saying no. It doesn't make sense why he would come to see you. No, get the NFL head coaching job. Yeah. I If that's true then I guess my number two is Sarkeesian, I guess. He recruits well. He has a pretty good record as a head coach in the Pac-12. But, man, his issues are a little worrisome. He got passed over for the Mississippi State job. His teams were never that disciplined. They always kind of underperformed given their recruiting rankings. It's – I don't know. And then I guess the third name – Did he go – one in eleven, or winless no. with Jake Locker, or was that he took no, over them? That was Ty Willingham. He took over after that. Okay, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. You know, I guess my third name might be someone, and this is sad. This is my third name because I really don't like this. It's someone I've mentioned before, but not the list I just gave you. I guess Jim Mora. <laughs> <laughs> no. I guess. Okay. I mean, so, who else? You you have a recommendation that you've been dying to talk about is uh Ken Niamatololo. Ken Niamatololo. <laughs> I say sell, see you both sell, the trends. Yeah, do you want to sell our listeners to Look, Ken Niamatololo is experienced and he's a winner. And in fact, he wins with talent that no one else really wanted and he wins big with them. Ken Niamatololo's record as a head coach is 98 and 60. He is 98 uh, and 60. At, at Navy. Home? Just at, just yeah. Navy. Just Navy, okay. Yes. He has been at Navy since 2007. He has taken Navy to seven or 11 bowls since 2007. If you want to look at Navy's bowl streak before that, it is disgusting. He is basically their tab oil. <laughs> he uh, is, I really, really enjoy Navy football. Just he like, plays a fun a- brand of option that actually throws the ball a decent amount. He obviously plays the option, which would be very fun. And um, even if he, I'm sure he could branch out from the option option, like you could have option elements into a modern offense. I don't no, no, screw all that. Go, go, very <laughs> old offense. I all do right. not care. 
Okay, and then with like Richard Sherman as a mauler, so you don't have to cut block people with the Navy weight restriction. You keep saying Richard Sherman, and I know you William mean Will Sherman. Sherman. William Sherman, sorry, Will Sherman. Oh, yikes. Um, I've done that twice, though. Yeah, and Colorado consistently produces two positions so far. The state of Colorado. Offensive linemen and running backs. Guess what you need for the offense? Mm-hmm. Offensive Brendan, linemen and I mean, running backs. Brendan Lewis is more of a scrambler than a runner, but, like, he could fit in that. You get Nia Matalolo. You get the defensive line coach for o- Oregon, which is Joe Sal- 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 Salavea. 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 Okay, are you good? I think I did it. I think that's right. Okay. Defensive. He's a defensive coordinator. You just kill that poly pipeline. You bring back Chris Naoli as offensive line coach. Oh, please. Please. And we just (laughs) get a bunch of maulers. We only recruit linemen and we run over people. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on this. Um, Oh, man. I hope we get to keep Antonio Alfano. Oh, he already has said that he's staying. Okay, well, I mean, like, I hope he, he like, stays, stays. Because a lot of people say they're staying. And then well, but... I, I, I think you will. Okay. So, I really I, you know, okay, your top three is Wilcox and then Chev and, and Death is the third option. I mean, if I can, I mean, Neo Matalolo, if we could get him, <laughs> I would want that. You've sold me on that. I've been wanting. Um, I would I would really like Andy Avalos at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, like, like I think he, it'd be fun. Yeah, he was a former assistant. Uh, for he helped with the linebackers back in uh, Dan Hawkins' early days, and like a uh, BJ Beatty, the red-haired linebacker from uh, our childhoods, really, really liked working with him. He told us on Twitter, "Love BJ Beatty." Nice. Okay. World champion. That. That's a nice scoop. World champion BJ Beatty. By the oh, way. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on the world championship squad uh, with a uh, Dan Hawkins head coaching. Nice. I didn't realize. Oh, he's still available. Pretty cheap. <laughs> Where is he now? Uh, UC Davis. Ah, God. Okay. Anyways, um, that's your uh, coaching search update. Oh, yeah. Well, I precious mean, little concrete information. So, also, Jay Johnson left. He's the offense coordinator. And then Chris uh, Kapelovich left. Like, how long do we wait until we get replacements there? Well, you need the head coach first. Yeah, so that's what I figured. If, if Shiv's your head coach, you don't have to wait too long. But if anyone else is your head coach, you want them hired this week probably, and then they can start getting that in before spring football. And uh, Kapilovich, by the way, was so essential for why. You love talking about him, right? Well, because he was the best offensive line coach of the last 20 years at, <laughs> at CU, probably. I mean, he immediately made the offensive line better. He recruited better players. They're yeah, one of the better units him. in the Pac-12, and they were. And they young. still, they still have the talent and the the play, the coaching there. We just need to make sure that you don't completely backslide with who you replace him with. I doubt we can find someone as good, mm-hmm. uh, but just make sure you don't a, have Clayton Adams level. Yeah, and then especially with his recruiting level too. Like he got, uh, like Carson Lee and Jake Ray. Those are pretty big gets for CU on the offensive. Well, yeah, I, how much credit I give him for Carson Lee? Not much, but yeah, because he's a Denver kid. Yes, local kid, CU fan growing up, but he still—I mean, Carson Lee still loved him. 
a lot of the players did. So I, you're going to need to work hard to find someone who can have that similar um, connection with the players. All right. Um, do you expect any other coach to leave? I'm thinking of one. Um, I would guess Travaris Tillman leaves. Um, I mean, you know, and all this depends on who's hired. If Shiv is retained, probably a little less. But if Steve Sarkeesian comes in, he's going to want his own guys. Yeah, and it's also kind of curious, too, at Michigan State. Like, Mel Tucker has this giant assistant coach budget, but really he's just giving the same guys pay raises, so it's a little bit strange to see. Yeah, he has currently Um, hired two CU coaches, retained two Michigan State coaches, and then hired a high school athletic director. So, Who's his uh, defensive coordinator? Does he have one yet? Yeah, it's Mike Tressel. Okay, so – oh, Jim Tressel's kid. Jim Um, Tressel's nephew. Nephew, sorry. So they're not going to take Tyson Summers back? Well, they still might, just not as a defensive coordinator. Which is probably a better role for him. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am I allowed to say I kind of hope Summers leaves? You're allowed to say that, sure. I don't know if I hope Summers <laughs> leaves, but you sure can. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'd be fine with a fresh start at this point. Yeah. Um, okay, um, do you want to move on? Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay, so this past week, Colorado went to Oregon to play the Ducks. And, and this is in basketball. Let's just make sure everyone knows. <laughs> we're now going to basketball. Yes, yes, we're now moving into basketball, which is the sport we should be talking about. We really should. Because this is literally like possibly CU's best regular season in however long. Damn you, uh, Mel Tucker. Damn you, Mel Tucker. Benjamin Burroughs is very upset that we have to not talk about basketball. He said this when the Mel Tucker rumors even started at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Oregon game. Do you want to talk about that? Just Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, my whole thing starts and ends with the fact that we got to listen to Bill Walden and Mark Jackson uh, emotionally and psychologically torture Dave Fash for two hours. So that was nice. Yeah, Bill Walton, I think he barked, uh, he quacked, and was talking about grass and where the best grass is in the Pac-12. And uh, that was in the first, like, 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> but um, So the stakes of the, the, the road trip were incredible for CU. Uh, they, they obviously didn't get it because they split. They lost to Oregon. But had they won, they could have basically, like, sealed the Pac-12 title uh they would have had a two-game advantage on oregon in the standings with three games to play Mm -hmm. uh or five sorry uh five games to play but i mean those are all pretty winnable we'll talk about that um so i mean that would have been huge that would have meant that cu could have gone three and two um and guaranteed a share of the pac-12 title um so it sucks that CU went on a 20-0 run and they lost. And it was kind of clear, though, that they made the 20-0 run, but they didn't take full control of the game. Like, Oregon kind of fought back before halftime, and CU still had to d- dig themselves out a little bit. So they only had a nine-point lead at half. Yeah, then, you kind of knew the run was coming a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I should say Oregon's run was coming. Um, that 20 overrun was great, but if if you're not if the game isn't put away by the end of that, 
they're going to come back hard with something similar, and you just have to deal. And yeah, the last 15 minutes of the game was all Oregon. Um, and it looked like, so CU kind of collapsed. People really criticized them at the end of the game. Uh, it just looked like nobody wanted to shoot. Like uh, Tyler Bay had a really bad game. Honestly, like it may have been his worst of the season. Um, yeah, he was timid. He was timid all game. And I don't exactly know why. Uh, he's, he just gets like that sometime, I think. Um, he kept losing the ball, too. Um, the McKinley Wright was scoreless in the second half. Um, he didn't even really try to take command. The, literally, no. the only player who was like, give me the ball, I'm going to go get a bucket, was Deshaun Schwartz, and they didn't really feed him enough because he's not really a create-your-own-shot type of guy. Mm-hmm. I, even yeah. Evan Batty was a little stymied inside. I mean, he still was pure effort, but he similar was just like he needs someone else to to get him going. He can't really get himself going just by the nature of the way that centers are used in college basketball. And when the two guys that can get themselves going, Tyler Bay and, and McKinley Wright, aren't, uh, this team struggles. I mean, yeah, if you, if, you take, if you take any team's best two players and say they're going to score four points in the second half and in like a critical road game at number 17, Oregon, like, but no, who's going to win that, even if you have a nine-point lead in the half? Um, it's just it's – I'm, I'm just a little bit annoyed that, like, that's the game. That's the half. They both disappeared, where it could have been the literally, like, the biggest win in program history, arguably, considering the stakes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, it would have probably, like you said, at least clinched a share of the title. Um, it would have given the 20-win season a little bit earlier – would have kept them at 20 and five with a chance to go 21 and five, which would be top, I would say top 10 resume. Yeah. And I mean, we would have been like number 11 or 12 in this last poll, which would have been the highest he has been, I think possibly ever, at but least I, since like yeah. the seventies. As long as when we're talking about sour grapes, I, I am also like lamenting the missed opportunity, but I think it's yeah. also important to realize like, they are still really good, and they're still, I think, exceeding expectations this year. Buzz! 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 Buzz!